Hello, I'm Elaine from AdvoHealth, and I'm here with Jamie, Miyako, and Jonathan. On today's episode of our May Mental Health Month podcast, we have Dr. Tahidian with us today on the relationship between mental health and school and ways you can reach out for help. Thank you so much, Dr. Tahidian, for taking your time to take uh, part in our podcast series, and it would be great if you could start with introducing yourself to the audience. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Anilu Tahidian. I'm the mental health specialist um, for University High School. I work with um, uh, the prevention and intervention team, and um, we are located, the mental health specialist, at every high school and every uh, middle school uh, to provide mental health support to the students uh, of IUSD. Yeah, that's great. Uh Um, So we have a few questions for you today. And our first question would be, do you have any thoughts on the impact of the competitive academic environment here at Irvine Unified on students' mental health? Hi, that's a great question, actually, um, which comes up a lot. Yeah, um, as we know, uh, research shows that um, when uh, students experience academic stress, uh, it can lead to incidents of like mental health issues, uh, an increase of like likelihood for them to develop anxiety, depression. Um, so um, yeah, there is a huge link in it when there is like a lot of stress, a lot of expectations, uh, whether it's coming from parents or whether it's coming from students themselves or sometimes teachers or other students, it, it can lead to a lot of um, unhealthy behaviors, as well as um, causing a lot of, like I said, mental health issues for students. Yeah, thank you so much. I think stress Uh is definitely really a huge issue for me too. And I also have a problem with procrastinating. So I think just sending everything out is just really helpful. I think a follow-up question I'd also have is like, what would you tell kids that judge their self-worth based on academic success? Oh gosh, um, that comes up a lot too. Um, honestly, I, I always look at life, you know, as something bigger than what we are at the moment. And I tell students, there is so many more amazing parts to you than just your school success. And you know, your self-worth, your self-value, your love for yourself, your love for human kindness, um, your place in society and your family is not defined just by your grades or by the number of classes you take or how you, you're successful um, in sports or in, or in you know, uh, schoolwork or in anything. Um, and I wanted to squeeze in sports because I do see that competition side in some of the st- students. Um, maybe the, the focus is not so much on academic, but then is the school, you know, sports performance or, or even any kind of performance. So I always tell them that that's just one part of you. Um, as long as you know you're doing your best and that doesn't consume your self-identity and your self-worth, um, then you're on the right track. When it becomes that how you're defined or your focus is just the school you're going to get in or how well you're performing in the classes. Uh, that's when it starts causing a lot of stress. Um, and those stressors can sometimes lead to some more serious, like a diagnosable mental health or students who do like, you know, use some unhealthy coping skills. So I always say, think, think of a bigger picture. Look at yourself holistically, all the parts that make you. 
Yeah, for sure. I think right now during EP season, it's just really yeah. easy to put our entire self-worth on just how well we do on these tests. So mm-hmm. I think just enjoying the bigger parts of life is definitely something that we need to pay more attention to, you know, just for- Absolutely. Yes. Know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's easy to like get stumped up over like one test grade or one assignment that you didn't do well on but obviously it's also important to see it as like a growing journey and like knowing that it is important to also make like stumbles and to get past is the main part and of course you also mentioned the idea of like also uh, balancing sports and other extracurriculars and not having the grade like Uh identify you uh-huh. So any tips that you have on balancing school life with social life? Um, honestly, yes. I think, like I said, once um, students are able to like um, have some plans, like, okay, let's say for this week, I need to get these assignments and these things done. Also um, be able to focus on having fun, whether it's having fun with friends, having fun with family, um, whether it's activities um, such as, you know, camping, um, any spiritual or religious um, activities that students do, uh, clubs, organizations, um, like fun sports, anything, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to do with school, but also feeds your other, uh, you know, parts. Um, I think that is really prioritizing to make sure that students are able to kind of balance that. And um, we try to, you know, at uni with the counseling team and myself and all of our AP, we really try to focus um, on the, the whole student. And we give that message to parents. And um, I do this all the time when I'm on the phone with some of the parents and I'm concerned about students. I'm like, just, it's okay for them to have fun. It's okay to, um, just like adults need to socialize and get connected with others, uh, students do too, also. Um, and I say sometimes, you know, they need to disconnect from schoolwork. They need to disconnect from due assignments the same way that as adults, we disconnect from work when we go home. So they need to do that. That's a huge part of self-care. As long as nothing is done excessively, that's my point. Whether it's too much school, you know, focusing on school where they, there is no social aspect or there is so much socializing that they don't get to their schoolwork. You know, as long as we don't have the extreme, it's very easy to balance both and they should be a balance. Uh, Thank you. So on the note of you talking about um, too much extreme on either side, Uh how do you feel like kids these days should um, pick out their schedules and classes for the upcoming year? Yes, that's a great question. And it comes up a lot, Jonathan. And um, as part of, you know, the counseling team, um, we always tell the students, talk to your academic counselor. They are the best resource. They kind of know you, especially after the first year or second year. They know their kids. They know their students. Um, talk to some of your teachers um, and say, hey, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so, I'm thinking of taking, you know, an honors English or, you know, this or that. What do you think? What do you recommend? Because they know you, especially after your freshman year. They know um, your capabilities. They know Uh, where you are. Um, Honestly, I don't think you go to any counselor who recommends um, students taking, you know, four or five or six AP classes. I know our students do. There is a huge expectations from students themselves and from parents. 
Um, but on the, the focus of, um, you know, us, the mental health um, uh, providers, uh, counseling team uh, is a, a good, healthy balance. So for students to pick those classes, if, you know, honestly, your academic counselor says, I don't recommend you taking this level, you know, this class at this level, or like um, taking this many AP classes, lesson to them, they know. Um, they've been doing this for many years and they have the best interest of the students. And, and like I said, the teachers are also another great source to kind of consult with and see what they recommend. Yeah, I think that advice is really relevant given that course selections are due really soon for like mm-hmm. the upcoming school year. Yeah. And personally, like I took on a lot of challenging courses this year. Um, like doubling up on science APs which was like fun but it was also a really stressful choice for me and it put a lot of strain on me personally so I also feel like it might seem like teachers aren't always the most understanding about like personal situations especially in AP classes because it's supposed to be like a college level course (laughs) so what do you think are possible ways in which we can decrease stigma about discussing mental illness or mental health problems with parents or teachers? Yeah, that's a great question, Jamie. And thanks for sharing some of your experiences, you know, um, with um, taking like a a heavy load of classes. And I'm hoping that you did a lot of good balancing and Um, (laughs) self-care. And uh, um, so that's a great question, the stigma of mental health, which not only exists, you know, at school, but it exists in our society, unfortunately. But I think the key is education, Um, education at uh, with our staff, education with students, education with parents, education with society um, that, you know, um, we need to bring uh, awareness that some mental health disorders, they, they, you know, they, they do exist. And um, it's not always contributed to, you know, academic. Um, it could also be like other factors. Um, it could be biology, it could be life experiences, you know, what has happened. Uh, we have a lot of um, families who have migrated, immigrated, or, you know, like they're, they have overcome some difficulties or experiencing some difficulties currently, Um, some kind of an abuse, it could be mental, physical, sexual abuse, some kind of a trauma. Um, Family history is also um, another contributor um, to this um, causing mental health problems. So, I mean, I, I think by educating people so they understand, you know, we as a society, we're more um, understanding of those you know, illnesses, but when it comes to the mental health of the brain, there's always a stigma. So um, we're hoping that, you know, at IUSD, we're very proactive. We have a lot of mental health awareness um, activities, uh, mental health awareness month is coming up, you know, May month of May it is. So we have activities coming up. Um, we invite speakers. Uh, we have a campaigns to kind of educate our students and our staff. Um, at least about mental health and that it's, you know, it's nothing to be scared of and it's okay to talk about it. Well, just because you mentioned IUSD being very proactive Mm -hmm. with mental health, um, what do you feel like are some steps that teachers and staff can take to make um, themselves more approachable for students? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, Jonathan. Um, Honestly, I think um, I've been with IUSD for eight years. And I do see every year 
I mean, our teachers have always been great, but I'm seeing that it's, uh, it's, they're a lot more approachable from that's what I'm hearing from students. Um, it's because they're also recognizing um, that, you know, um, students and families, even other staff members might be suffering from some, um, you know, mental health issues, or they might have some mental health needs. Um, so as a district, we're really trying to educate, like I said, our staff about this. Um, like, for example, um, our department, uh, the prevention and intervention um, is a, a very new department to IUSD. We've been um, um, starting, you know, we've started um, supporting students in the past eight years. And um, we're very active, uh, as our title says, uh, prevention and intervention. So like providing support. Um, but our prevention is um, really um education. It's a reaching out, having different organizations come and give talk like NAMI uh, or uh, Orange County Department of Ed. We have Hope Squad. Um, there is, uh, you know, we have ASB Mental Health or counseling team um, at uni. At least I know for sure that we have like uh, Wellness Wednesdays. They're reaching out to students. We do classroom presentation um, every semester. Uh, Ms. Drossheim, who's our um, lead um, counselor, and I, we go to all the health classes or any other classrooms that invite us and we talk about mental health, we talk about self-care, we talk about anxiety versus stress, academic stress, family, and all that stuff. So um, we're trying to educate um, students and staff so uh, they're more approachable. So um, I think, Jonathan, the mental health a stigma that used to exist. I mean, it still exists, but is not as prevalent. Um, our teachers are a lot more open. They do send students to the counseling team and myself um, to be seen and to be supported. So for me, that's a sign that they are listening to students. And, and I'm hoping that this gets more strengthened and it gets more um, like an everyday thing. Um, not that students need everyday support, but for them to be able to be comfortable so all of our teachers uh, to be at that place. Yeah, of course, I really noticed like recently teachers mm -hmm. have like been more open about talking about mental health and uh, specifically in my homeroom class, my teacher is mm -hmm. really good at checking in with his students in homeroom and being like, are you guys handling everything? Are you balancing it? I know it's mm -hmm. stressful. So I think I've really seen teachers be a bit more open about it. So that's, oh, that's so great to hear, Miyako. I think it's great how there's such like a good support system for schools. Like I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of like who I could reach out to, like how um, mm -hmm. to that the teachers would kind of like understand any potential mental health issues. So yeah. I think it's definitely a lot more reassuring with like um, being able to reach out to teachers or like a counselor or some kind of help mm -hmm. at school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in IUSD, I feel like, as we've discussed, the academic pressure, maybe the mental health of uh, students, you can mm -hmm. tell when they're stressed a lot more. So True. I think teachers definitely start caring a bit more. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, like, it's important to like, remember that teachers are humans too, They're not mm -hmm. just people who give you homework and tests. Yeah. <laughs> so they are able to understand your own feelings. 
So then mm-hmm. if we were to try to reach out to them more, how do you think we should reach out to them or what time we should reach out yeah, to them? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Miyako. Um, and thanks for, um, you know, acknowledging um, our teachers and, you know, they're trying their best. Um, and, and one more thing I wanted to add before I respond to your question is like, I think this past couple of years with this pandemic and COVID, um, I know it was like a really hard and dark time, but uh, what helped is like because we all went through it together i think it brought a new and a better sense of understanding for everyone and teachers staff parents students um because we were all scared we were all you know anxious we were all worried so um it kind of brought that up which has in a sad way has helped um focus more on mental health um, and so I just wanted to say that even those who were maybe did not have the understanding before this, now they have more. Yeah, I think teachers are definitely trying to be more understanding, like especially after the pandemic, they're really yeah. addressing how a lot of students have struggled with mental health over the past few years. But like, I also know that teachers aren't the only mental health resource here at like IUSD. Yes. And I know Hope Squad is like a big part of like reaching out to students and making it feel like peers are also understanding and also there for us. So um, I know that you're also in charge of managing Hope Squad. So how does Hope Squad work and how can you reach out to them? Thanks, Jamie. So Hope Squad, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what's Hope Squad and what's our goal and our mission is Um, And then then I'll tell you about like, you know, where we are and how to reach out to students. So our goal is to prevent um, suicide through public awareness and education and to reduce stigma and serve as a resource um, for students. So um, basically it's mostly students uh, oriented. So our goal is to support students, it's not for staff. Um, And there are peer selected students from uni that all of you students have selected them. Every year at the beginning of the year, uh, we have a survey that goes out and students kind of nominate a peer that they feel they're understanding, they could talk to, they're easy to talk to, easy, good listeners. Um, so um, the Hope Squad members, um, we, I do train, I mean, you know, we train them um, to uh, be able to take action, to listen and be able to take the student. They don't do counseling or any mental health support or anything. Um, but uh, they are a, they're trained to kind of help to listen to, you know, their peers' issues and kind of get them connected um, to an adult on campus. It doesn't necessarily have to be me or the counselors. It could be teachers, but to make sure that somebody is able to, like, help um, the student um, or something, the student who's struggling. Um, and um, Hope Squad members, you know, at uni, um, Last year, because of pandemic, most of our um, activities and stuff was online. But starting next year, they're they're going to go into uh, homerooms and introduce themselves and our services to all of the you know students at uni. We have the Instagram Uni Hope Squad. Please check it out. Uh, post for us, um, and um, we will have more you know like activities and things. Ha- we're planning it for next year. Um, another thing that we do. Um, we do, um, you know, it's not just suicide prevention, but, you know, it's helping, you know, with bullying. It could be um, about just mental wellness. 
Um, it could be about school connectedness um, and reducing the mental health st stigma um, that you all started with. So that's like um, some of the goals and activities of Hope Squad. One last question more directed towards um, uni students is when and how can uh, students at uni reach out to you throughout the school year, as well as what are some resources accessible to all IOC students um, that they could use to reach out for help? Okay, Jonathan. So basically at uni, um, I'm, um, I'm available to all the students um, or students who need, uh, you know, like a safe space, confidential space, as long as they're not hurt, planning on hurting themselves or hurting somebody or, you know, there's no abuse or, you know, something going on. So um, when they talk to me or their school counselor or project success um, specialist, um, everything and anything they say is confidential. Um, what we do, we also connect to outside resources if like the student or the family is interested in getting connected to an outside psychologist or therapist um, to get, you know, more deep support. Um, the counseling team and myself, um, we do that. Um, also, um, there is the counselors, you know, like they can always um, either email or walk over or, you know, go during lunch, before school, after school, office hours, um, to reach out to their academic counselor if they have a better connection with them or a relationship with them. Um, like I said, um, I'm also available and we have um, Ms. Corona, who is our project success specialist. And um, she's uh, right now she's in room 218. Um, again, same as she's, she's running groups. Um, but if you see any of us, if you, you can always email us, call us, walk over to our office. If you need us, we're there. And the same as IUSD, Jonathan, um, like I said, every high school has two mental health specialists. There's, there's a project success. They all have five or six amazing school counselors. Um, middle schools, they have school counselors and mental health specialists. And at elementary school, they um, have the elementary resource counselor is that the mental health specialist, but at elementary school level and their school counselor. And we also have two school psychs, psychologists, amazing also. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Tahedian, for answering all our questions today. The mental health crisis today is a really big issue, especially in schools where there's so much academic pressure, and it's so valuable and inspiring to have your opinion as a professional. We'll be posting the resources you mentioned along with the podcast on our Instagram. Thank you so much again for your time. We really appreciate having you here today. Thank you. It was lovely. Thank, to you. thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. Yeah, of thank course. you so much. Thank you.